Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's been my honor to be the Bible teacher of this ministry for over 20 years now. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its missions fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org. Today we turn to 2 Kings chapter 3 and a story of three confident kings going out to battle and running out of water. They are about to die, and the prophet Elisha tells them to fill the valley that they are inhabiting full of ditches. Today we'll consider the ditches that the Christian must dig to make way for the outpouring of God's Spirit upon them before they die of thirst. Here's the third thing. We have to dig our ditches. There's more to the story in this, but let's just make this our last point here. We have to dig our ditches. They had to dig ditches for something they could not see and something they could not make happen. For something that only God could give them. Our theology is wrong if we think that God alone saves us and God alone grants us the power for spiritual life and then thinking this we decide to lay around and wait for him to move and we don't do anything else. No. Understanding that we need what only God can give, we begin digging and preparing our lives for his outpouring. We make the valley full of ditches. I, I might add, by the way, that he didn't say, go everybody find a little cup. Go find your cup. He said, dig ditches. You don't, when you're thirsty, say, God, give me a cup to drink from. Give me a lake to swim in. You say, God, I'm thirsty. Give me a lake of your presence in your life to swim in. And I told you at one point in time I dug ditches. I had a, I'd asked you if you had dug ditches before. When I was in high school, there was a foreman of a ranch near where our home was, and he hired me to come and dig out ditches for him. You know, I'd done a lot of different jobs for him. I'd gone out and bucked hay for him and some things like that. But it was my first experience digging ditches for him. And I have to tell you that I didn't hold up very well. I think I lasted a day and finally I went back to Mr. Weigel. I'm sorry, but I'm just not built for this. <laughs> digging ditches is hard work, really hard work. It's not easy. It's difficult. Yet anything green in our state right now, we say the only thing that is green in Idaho at this point in time of year is something that's been painted or irrigated. And everything green in our state is because somebody before us came and dug ditches. Individuals dug ditches all through this state. That's why we live here, why people are coming here today, and why it's so green and filled with trees. is because of the effort and labor of somebody else that they gave to dig the ditches, to direct the water throughout our land, to water it and bring a replenishment and food and blessing and God's Spirit is poured out on those who labor in preparation for what only His Spirit can give when He fills. I prefer strategies in per my personal life and in the life of the church that are mere foolishness unless the hand of God comes upon us. I like the engagement of people very bluntly and straightforwardly with the gospel of Jesus Christ having died for their sins because it's the foolishness of God that God uses to present the power of his work. I like strategies that are foolishness unless God intervenes. I'm not impressed by seminars that explain the practical levers that we can pull to affect growth and expansion in terms of human mechanisms. I've gone to so many seminars where a person will get up and say, now listen, I want you to know before I say anything that there's nothing we can accomplish unless God moves and works. 
All of our work will be useless and fruitless unless God blesses and everybody says amen. Now, having said that, let me tell you what you the 10 things you need to do. And if you do all these things, I guarantee you, you'll be successful. And everybody's madly writing away everything they say and getting all excited and their eyes are getting big like saucers at the multiplication and the temples they'll build that become immediately vacated when like a, a plague hits your land. I prefer the strategies that draw us back upon an absolute necessity of the Spirit of God to be poured out. I am drawn to the stories of the book of Acts. There the people of God prayed, and then they proclaimed Christ in the face of massive opposition, but they feared God more than man. And God's Spirit poured out upon them in power, and that hour allowed the church to be born and the church to grow. You make a mistake if you read the book of Acts in order to find some secret formula for building successful church organizations. you got to be really creative to find it. It's really not there. It's not there. What you'll see is a church that was digging ditches in prayer. A church that dug ditches as they constantly gathered to study the Word of God. As they boldly went forward and obediently went forward to proclaim the gospel to anyone who would listen to them who were willing to give up their wealth and their own children for the work of the gospel. And not one of those things alone would produce the outpouring of the water that was needed for them to thrive and grow and for those that they spoke to to receive it and embrace it and for the seed that they spoke to become germinated in that individual, those people, and spring forth into life. What was needed was the Spirit of God to interact with all those things. All they could do was open up channels for the water of the Spirit to flow through should God grant His Spirit. And God did. God's Spirit works most where God's people are at work in faith and preparation for His outpouring. You've got to dig your ditches. you just got to dig your ditches. Let's conclude it this way. The writer is careful to tell us that this miracle came at the hour of the morning sacrifice in Jerusalem. At the hour of the morning sacrifice. It's not an unimportant note. God's spirit is very specific in how he inspires men to write down his word. And it's for our instruction. The spirit comes upon those who know God's son Jesus as the lamb that has been offered up for our sins. The Spirit comes at the hour when we first believe in Christ as our Savior, and He comes to us still when all of our faith and all of our labors gather around Jesus Christ and His gospel, around His cross and nothing else, His dying in our place for our sins, His rising again for our life that we draw upon. And when we look to Him in this way, God pours out His Spirit upon us. Here's a quote I want to give you towards the end here, and I'm just going to give you three applications. The quote is from Charles Spurgeon. In reference to this story that we've just looked at, it says this, How copious was the supply when it did come. It filled the whole valley. The deepest trenches were filled to the brim, and the longest had enough to fill them from end to end. Oh, that such favor might come to us, till heart and home are filled with blessing, and the whole church rejoices in the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, and in the saving power of His grace, effecting wonders far and wide. And this, mind you, was only the beginning of good things. God called it a little thing.
to fill the valley with water. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hands, the prophet said. There are surprises in store for those who trust in God and do their part. There are surprises in store for those who trust in God and do their part. Here are three applications for you personally. Number one, don't follow after the world to find your affirmation of success, life, strength, and influence. Number two, dig ditches in your life devoted to the common graces of the church, fellowship, study in the Word of God, oftentimes and extended times in prayer, presenting the gospel to others in every place, everywhere, generously giving to the advance of the gospel, giving of your time, giving your children for the service of your king and his gospel above everything else. Basically, dig your ditches. Think about it. Where are you going to dig your ditches? What does it mean for you to dig ditches in your life that God can fill with the Spirit? If it's not the heavy work of studying God's Word, not just five minutes a day, studying God's Word, fellowshipping together to learn about Him and discuss Him and understand Him and the implications of what He wants to do in your life, praying together, seeking God's answer, and God doesn't send rain when you think. Just dig the ditches. Presenting the gospel to everyone you can. You know, the summer is a great time. It's a great time for us to go and be on vacation and to visit people. And it's also such a strategic time to give witness to family and friends and neighbors that you're with and you're among at this season. I think of growing up as a boy, our family would all bundle together in a car and we'd drive down from Ohio to southern Florida to my father's family, and none of them were believers. And I also can even picture in my mind, they, they looked at us as if we were kind of aliens when we were there. You could see they were all a little bit uncomfortable. You could see they were trying to mind their P's and Q's, but it was a stress for them. But you know, we just enjoyed ourselves, and we lived among them. And you know, over time, the gospel took root in that family. And in part, it was because of those exchanges and those experiences. In my mind, I can remind myself of being a teenager, being with cousins, and presenting the gospel to them as clearly as I could, and talking with them as we walked along the beach or along the way, in the middle of the night, or down some street, uh, hearing the Takeda bugs singing in the background as you exhorted them to understand and know what the gospel meant and how Jesus could change their lives and how they looked at you like you were some strange, odd person. And now... I remember at least one of them. I know at least one of them. I see that face of that person. I can't receive what you're saying, Joel, because if what you're saying is true, then everything I've ever done in my life is wrong. And I'm not willing to admit that. And well, he's a follower of Jesus now. Somewhere along the way, God got hold of him and changed him. And Dig your ditches. Be faithful in the witness to others, even if you feel like that witness is ineffective. And give of your time and of your money and of your children for the service of the king. Lay them out before the Lord and say, God, use them as you wish. Finally, pray for God to interact in these faithful efforts by pouring upon you and your home and your church his spirit as water and life. It's a small thing for him to do. Let's bow our heads and let's pray.
I want, O God, the end of formalities. The end of functionalities. The end of just processes. I want a meeting where we come into your presence. We say, oh God, we need your spirit. We need you to take our land and to pour out your spirit upon it, but oh God, right here in this place upon me, upon my life, upon my home, upon the decisions I have to make wanting to honor you and glorify you, upon my sacrifices laid down for your name's sake, upon the gifts that I bring. Oh God, find me willing to give you everything. Only meet all that I lay down and all my emptiness with your fullness in your life. God, if what's required here is for me to extract from myself those things that I have learned to depend upon and rely upon and that I've sought out for my blessing, if I'm plotting out my future, my day ahead, because I provision myself with this point of comfort or this, this measure to somehow allow me to enjoy the latter years of my life. Rip it out of my life, oh God, and uproot it. I just want to be hollowed out and empty for you. Thanks for joining us today at The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism. To learn about our work around the world, go to traincpe.org. It's also a ministry of our mission fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work locally, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.